the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I have a fantastic show for you tonight. And we are going to start off with a bang. We have an awesome guest on the line. Larry, who do we have with us? Uh, Yes, Wendy. Harry Mehet is the Vice President of Legal Affairs and Chief Litigation Counsel for Liberty Counsel, an international nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing religious freedom, the sanctity of life, and the family. Since joining up in 2008, Harry has participated in many critical issues, including the defense and passage of Florida's marriage amendment and the defense of individuals charged with contempt for prayer. Uh, He has been featured on Fox and Friends, on the record with Greta Sustran, and Fox News Radio. So glad you can be on today, Harry. Thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure and privilege, uh, my friend. Thank you for having me with you. Harry, you have so much to talk about. I mean, you've done so many different things, but one of the things that captures my attention is the Romania connection, because my family and I are also Romanian. I would love to know what brought you from there to what you're doing today. Well, I grew up as the uh, son of a uh, dissident uh, pastor in uh, Romania. My uh, father pastored uh, 17 churches, many of them underground during the the time of the communist rule there. And so growing up, uh, I would constantly see my uh, father being harassed uh, by the secret police, uh, oftentimes arrested and taken away simply for uh, uh, daring to, uh, to preach the Word of God to, uh, to the people there. And so that uh, went on for uh, a long while. And uh, uh, towards the, uh, the end of our time there in the late 80s, um, a church in America uh, became aware of our situation and went to work to try to bring us here. As you might imagine, not everybody that wanted to leave could. Uh, otherwise, there would be no one uh, left uh, there. Uh, no one would choose to be uh, oppressed by, uh, by the communists. Uh, and so it was a, a four-year process that uh, ultimately culminated. I mean, we, we were finally, they, they let us go. Uh, and then while we were awaiting our departure, we had plane tickets in hand. Romania had the communist revolution uh, of 1989, where the communist party was overthrown in a in a bloody revolution. But it started in our hometown, so we got to be there and and, and see it and participate in it. And it it's left an indelible mark on on me. I was only 12 uh, at the time, but uh, uh, you know that growing up experience and and the the revolution uh, have a lot to do with uh, with who I am today and my outlook uh, and perspective on 
the things that are happening even uh, even here in uh, this uh, uh, free nation. Well, uh, Harry, in a first round volley within the court system, healthcare workers fired for not getting a COVID vaccine have won a historic $10.3 million settlement in the nation's first of its kind class action lawsuit. Could you tell us a little bit about that lawsuit that you were involved with? Sure thing. So, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, of uh, Romania, where the communist government often uh, uh, try to dictate what we uh, believe and what medical services we, uh, we partake, in, in true communist fashion, uh, a lot of uh, employers here in the United States imposed, uh, uh, you know, COVID vaccination mandates and then took it upon themselves to deny exemptions and accommodations to people that have uh, religious beliefs, sincerely held religious beliefs, against this particular type of vaccination that undeniably is connected to aborted fetal cells. And so um, in this particular case, North Shore Hospital is a hospital that has about 18,000 employees in the Chicago area, across many different facilities, they imposed a mandate and they decided as a matter of company policy that there would be no exception and no exemption, regardless of uh, religious belief and regardless of even what position somebody might have within their facility. Uh, This is flatly illegal, grossly illegal, against the law. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act uh, expressly requires that if a work policy conflicts with a sincerely held religious belief, there must be an accommodation unless it is unduly burdensome to provide it. Uh, here, they never even engaged in any kind of interactive process or analysis to determine whether they could accommodate someone. And so from the janitor to the surgeon and everywhere in between, they just fired people that refused to uh, have this vaccination. Uh, about 250 or so were fired, and another 250 or so ended up taking the shot against their conscience because uh, they, they had no choice. They had to feed their families, and so at great personal turmoil to them, um, they, they ended up being coerced and forced to take the shot. So uh, enter Liberty Council. We, we came in from the beginning. We sent them a letter. We told them, you cannot do this. Uh, they ignored us, and they did it anyway. We filed a class action lawsuit last October that we have been litigating with them for almost eight months in federal court in Chicago. They hired uh, two top law firms of 1,000 lawyers each, so they, they, they hired an army of lawyers uh, to, to fight the lawsuit in court. But after about eight months, uh, even they saw the the writing on the wall. They understood that they had violated the law. And so they decided to enter into a settlement agreement. Uh, And it's a settlement agreement. It is truly historic because not only did they change their policy to allow religious exemptions and accommodations, to allow everyone that was fired to be eligible to, to come back and to apply for rehire with approved um, religious exemptions in place. But they also agreed to compensate the, the victims of their discrimination um, with a, a, a huge amount, $10.3 million, that they are paying to, uh, to try to, to, to right this great wrong that they did. And so we're 
we're very uh, pleased with uh, the outcome. We uh, recognize that we had, uh, you know, the intervention of Almighty God in the case, and uh, uh, we we hope that the case is going to serve as a, a wake up call for other employers that broke the law in the same way and are breaking the law right now in the same way, and also a wake up call for members of the plaintiffs bar, the attorneys out there that usually file these kinds of lawsuits to hold companies accountable here, they seem to be asleep. Uh, perhaps they think that there's, um, you know, not, the, not, not a fruitful area of litigation. Um, and we're here to tell them, uh, jump on in. The, the water is warm. There is rampant lawlessness out there. And these companies need to be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. Well, th- that, that's great. Now, um, do you think that that settlement will serve as a strong warning to employers across the nation that they cannot refuse to accommodate those with sincere religious objections to be forced uh, to take a vaccination? I don't just think it. I know it, uh, Larry, because... Um, you know, it's, it, until now, I think a lot of employers just thought that, that no one would, um, you know, bat an eye and, and no one would, would, would come in to hold them accountable. When they hear that one of their peers had to pay $10 million, uh, I think I know that they're paying attention. And in fact, we've already been able to use this settlement to show it to others and to say, are you really sure that you want to go down this road, uh, uh, Mr. Employer or Mrs. Employer, uh, do you want to uh, have some, you know, second thoughts on this? And, and already we've been able to persuade other employers to do what the law requires them to do, which is to grant exemptions and accommodations to people that have sincerely held religious beliefs against vaccination. Harry, how is that going to affect those that are claiming medical exemptions? Well, this particular uh, uh, lawsuit and outcome would not necessarily affect uh, them because uh, we were primarily uh, or really only uh, dealing with religious exemptions. We're a religious liberty firm, uh, and so that's uh, that's sort of our bread and butter. Um, but, you know, th- there is similar lawlessness in the area of medical exemptions, and there are laws out there, um, you know, like the ADA and, and other laws, that uh, require employers to accommodate medical conditions, uh, and and they're also being violated. So uh, there would not be a direct impact, but I think by analogy, uh, employers beware, and uh, plaintiff's lawyers come on in, the water is warm. Well, Well, Harry, one of the things Larry and I have discussed before, talking about religious exemptions, is how do you prove it? You know, there is, it's easy to prove, easier, I should say, to prove a medical exemption, although we don't believe that you should be delivering your private medical information to anybody at any time. But with religious exemptions, there's been some pushback in some industries. Uh, it's not like you're going to have to have a pastor's note. You know, like, like the way we talk about freedom of religion. I mean, you, first you have to define religion and then it just gets thorny from there. You've been so successful, though, with these lawsuits that you've pursued uh, on that behalf, have you run into any of these these instances where employers are just asking for way too much corroboration, if I, if we even want to say it that way, of somebody's sincerely held religious beliefs? 
Well, we've run into uh, all sorts of lawlessness, and, and this is one, uh, one area where employers are, are crossing the line. But, you know, legally speaking, I, I have to disagree with, with you. I believe that a religious exemption is much easier to prove than a medical exemption. Uh, because with the medical exemption, you know, you're going to have to find a, a doctor to basically say that you're going to die if you take this vaccine. That the standard is that, that, that high and that impossible. And uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And, and uh, there's just not that many doctors out there that are willing to put their neck on the line because then they're facing uh, reprimands. I mean, there, there's a whole system in place to, to uh, uh, try to force this upon uh, um, people's throats. However, in the religious exemption context, again, the law is very clear, and that is that the employee has a very light burden to establish a sincerely held religious belief. They just have to put their employer on notice, and they have to request an exemption, and the employer can only do what's called a light-touch inquiry into the religious belief. So the employer cannot make the employee jump through hoops and, and, and basically demonstrate uh, knowledge of theology at a doctorate level uh, with all kinds of supporting documentation. That's illegal. Thank you. You That's know, unlawful. we we are at the end of the show. This has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been tremendous. And thank, thank you, you Harry. for the good work you're doing. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We are going to take a short commercial break. Don't touch that dial, folks. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and Larry and I have some very interesting commentary for the second half of the show. Guess what we're going to talk about tonight. What happened this week that I suppose has really captured the attention of the American public, politically and legally? And yes, of course, I'm talking about uh, President number 45. Yes, that's right. Donald Trump has had quite a week beginning with the raid on Monday and midweek testimony sitting down for the deposition when all he did is take the fifth. And then, of course, ending up with pundits on both sides speculating, well, what does this mean and what happens now? Larry, what do you think the biggest takeaways have been from this week? And, and I'll say both legally and politically, because the, uh, the timing, I suppose, is something that many politicians have been discussing, right, between CPAC and that 90-day period before the midterms. Now, albeit Donald Trump is not a candidate, I call him a shadow candidate because he is supporting other candidates. And that is significant, uh, at least according to those in the political realm, for the timing of both the raid and the deposition. What say you? Right. I I think regarding his uh, running for president again, I think uh, I just hope that he does. And I think that maybe he's holding off for uh, there's campaign laws and so forth that once you declare, you uh, have to funnel your funds in a certain way and so forth. But overall, I thought the raid uh, was horrendous. Uh, I thought it was, I, I know it's unprecedented. In the history of the United States of America, there's been nothing like this. 
And basically, the typical way a protocol should have gone for this is if they suspected something, Wendy, they should have first went to the grand jury and obtained a subpoena and uh, for, uh, for material seized. But they just showed up, and uh, I think it was like a nine-hour um, search. You know, they were looking through everything, and they had uh, – there were, I think – Trump had two attorneys there that got there, and at first they didn't want to show him even the search warrant, and they showed it to the female attorney from about a 10-foot distance, and they said, nobody's allowed to follow us in here and and, uh, watch us do this, and by the way, turn off all your security cameras. And now I think I've heard from uh, Eric Trump uh, said in a statement that basically the staff at the uh, Mar-a-Lago left the security cameras running. Thank God they did that. And uh, yeah, Larry, yeah. one thing one thing that I think uh, people would like to know a little bit more about is, you know, obviously to get the search warrant, you know, they would have had to have had probable cause that they're going to find these items at this listed location, evidence of a crime. You get a federal judge to sign the warrant. In terms of why didn't they just go the route of a subpoena? The feds would probably say something to the effect of, well, we didn't think that there would be compliance. We've been trying to get the documents. What is the argument that's being made on the other side as far as why this was the necessary way to go? And maybe you can work in why if they're looking for things, including nuclear secrets, they were looking through Melania's wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, right. To me, the FBI, unfortunately, was a great institution. And I think most of the uh, the working folks in the FBI are. But the higher ups, they need to clean house up there. I think the FBI is, in my opinion, the deep state. Remember, the FBI lawyer who lied to the FISA court so he could spy on the Trump campaign? That's been confirmed uh, to get all those um, search warrants and to to be able to spy on the, on the Trump campaign. So uh, it's, it's really uh, um, abuse of power. And how about this, Wendy? Why don't they unseal the unsealed uh, the search warrant? Wonderful, fine. But what we all want to see is the affidavit. And that's where they go before a judge and say, I swear under penalty of perjury that we need to go into Mar-a-Lago for this reason, this reason, and this reason. And that is still uh, being sealed. Uh, so I, I think this whole operation is to prevent him from running on uh, in, um, in, in 2024 for president and to really just try to knock some of his support away. But I hope it boomerangs and the support will increase when they see how unfair and unjust, in my opinion, this raid was. Well, Larry, you know, it's interesting you talk about the raid. And you know me, I always go right down the middle and give arguments on both sides. Right. Um, one of the things the raids did according to the former president, is solidify his decision to take the fifth on Wednesday. And he took the fifth um, during his deposition by, remember, he was talking to Letitia James, the uh, New York AG. That's a civil case, but they're looking into some of the very same issues that the Manhattan district attorney is. So here's what he said. Remember in 2016, he famously said, well, if you have got nothing to hide, why would anybody take the fifth? He fessed up and said, I've changed my mind. Now I understand why somebody would take the fifth. So he invoked the Fifth Amendment 450 times uh, during the deposition. He basically gave them no information whatsoever to work with. But, you know, he's no stranger to litigation. In fact, he took the fifth 100 times during his divorce from the late Ivana Trump. Obviously, that was infidelity. This is illegality. But, you know, it's one of those things that it might be easier to say 
might be easier to say, you know, I wouldn't do it than to simply uh, maybe give the reasons that he changed his mind. And that's one of the things that I think everybody was waiting to see on Wednesday is, is what is he going to give us? Because he can't stay on script. So perhaps the fifth was the safest route for him. Because remember, Larry, a closed mouth gathers no foot. Mm, interesting. Never heard that one. That's a, that's a good one. I uh, have. Yeah, but... Um... The uh, Presidential Records Act was enacted in, in 1978, and actually it was it was used uh, begin to be used uh, under Ronald Reagan, and basically that just says that you know you have to turn over all the classified documents when you leave the office uh, of presidency. But you know this is so uh, normal that they will um, the National Archives will sue uh, presidents for records and say you have to turn this over and even in the case of president richard nixon that litigation went on civil litigation for over 30 years to get records that uh, nixon had taken or, or some of his people had taken to get it back so it's not abnormal to uh, have a kind of a dispute a civil dispute on oh that record is mine i can keep it no it's not but to do it this way is again it's unprecedented it was total beyond the overreach, I would say, and very dangerous for our republic. Yeah, we don't have the affidavit, so we don't know as much as we'd like to. Um, one of the other uh, bits of information that, uh, you know, we, we've been sort of speculating over is because, remember, the National Archives already retrieved a number of boxes yes. from Mar-a-Lago, and um, the, the former president claims to be cooperating with the FBI. So that's one of the reasons, you know, you think, well, maybe they weren't getting enough fast enough or all the reasons they would have sought to go this route rather than a subpoena. You wonder what else they were looking for. You know, they started talking about nuclear secrets. They started talking about other sensitive material. I, I mean, the fact that Merrick Garland even was willing to come out and say what he did, obviously releasing no more than the lawyers already had, but be that as it may, maybe at least it's opening the door to sort of that channel of um, RAG being willing to continue to provide further investigate, further information about what exactly they were looking for. What do you think? Do you think we might expect uh, more transparency as to maybe the items sought in the search? Remember also they uh, brought safe cracking material and they opened a safe. So this isn't a, you know, coin drawer that you come home, you toss your keys in. This was a safe. So they were actually looking places where you wouldn't necessarily expect to find boxes of documents. Yeah, I would say if the FBI waited 18 months to seize nuclear documents from a country club, everybody at that agency should be fired. That's a ridiculous <laughs> argument for him to make that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see in the New York Times on Monday that they were really looking for um, uh, the, the, the Ark, uh, the Covenant, you know, something like that, that he was hiding yeah. in Melania's closet. Uh, everything about this strikes me as being wrong. And I think maybe they're looking for documents related to January 6th, perhaps. But overall, even if that's not the case, they wanted to make a scene. They wanted this to be out there to make people think, gee, if they can raid uh, uh, Trump's home, they could maybe show up in my doorstep at four in the morning if I, I do a social media post that, that doesn't meet the uh, the high standards and so forth. So, so here's the counter argument to that. Here's what people are um, you know, just just, you know, legally, because it's fun to kind of look at these issues. So we're calling it a raid, but it was a lawfully executed search warrant. It wasn't done in the middle of the night. It was done, you know, they got there at nine in the morning. I know Donald Trump says it was 630, but they did it when he wasn't even there. Uh, and, you know, so it wasn't like they tossed him out of bed and handcuffed him. It was very different than some of the ways in which we saw, especially pre-pandemic, some of the Trump clan uh, being, 
really visited. Remember the Paul Manafort pre-dawn raid? I mean, they, yeah. it was done very differently otherwise. Yet at the same time, here comes the other side. At the same time, the manner in which it was done was clearly unannounced. The current White House says they didn't know about it. Now, I know you, you probably don't believe that. But every time I say that, people are like, oh, yeah, sure, they had to have known. But they say they didn't know. So it was very different. Is is it being called a raid simply because of the manner it was carried out, because of the vast number of agents that were buzzing around the property? Or does it have something to do with the duration of how long they were there? Or, Larry, is it because it seemed to go beyond the scope of what they were supposedly seeking? I think all of the above, Wendy. And uh, th- this is <laughs> okay. just breaking. Elon Musk has offered to purchase the FBI for $100 billion, but there's no word yet if the Clintons, Soros, and Obama are willing to sell. No, that's a joke. That's just, that's on oh, me. <laughs> but, uh, I think that broke last week, Larry. Right? I think I heard that from you. <laughs> right. But... Um, Anyhow, I just hope it all works out. And I I hope this has uh, a positive effect for those who want law and order. And I think we're beyond Democrat versus Republican and left versus right. I think it's basically it's almost like good versus evil, because what is being done, it it, it just is it was overreach. Uh, And again, that's a soft term for for what what has happened there. So I just pray that. Trump is not hurt by this, but it actually helps him. And that's just my personal opinion. I know this is a, we want to be fair and balanced, but it was just not right. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. And, you know, since we're almost at the end of the show, we'll kind of leave it. um, You know, I'm going to do the silver lining. I I suppose the silver lining is that, you know, when politics is in the news, everybody decides that they really should be a part of the process. And, you know, we've had one issue after another this year. My goodness, if we thought that post-pandemic was going to be a little bit easier with between gas prices and inflation and Roe versus Wade being overturned and everything else, we certainly are in unprecedented times. So at the very least, it reminds us to cast our vote. Midterms are coming up. You have been listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. What a show. Larry and I could go back and forth for the whole rest of the hour. And let's do it again all next weekend, 6 p.m. Saturday night. Between now and then, have a wonderful, safe week. We wish you the best of luck and happiness and stay cool. You're listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.